0: Yo, what's up guys, it's Christian Millsaps here with episode 5 of Christian's Corner. Today we're going to be talking about the XFL, the Samsung event that happened Tuesday, February 11th, and we're going to be discussing my thoughts on Call of Duty Season 2. Let's get into it. As most of y'all know, the XFL kicked off its first ever season on February 8th, just a week after the Super Bowl aired. I'm really excited about the XFL, One, because it means that we'll be able to have football all year round. But more, what I'm excited about is all the rules that the XFL is implementing. I love their eagerness and their drive to try and make the game more exciting. Now, that doesn't mean that I'm actually going to watch their product. I've only actually seen about a quarter and a half of football in their first week. But what I'm really excited to see is how these rules change the way that the game is played in the XFL. The NFL is by far my favorite league of football to watch. I like college football, but I think that the product the NFL puts out is a much better one than college football. But with that being said, there are a lot of rules in the NFL that really irk me at times. One being the overtime rule. Two, challenges slow the game down so, so much. And them changing the pass interference challenging rule, well, implementing it rather, also slowed down the game and opened it up for even more mistakes for these refs to make in replay. And it was really frustrating to watch refs try and figure out, are we going to be able to throw a flag, are we not? Because nine times out of ten, they stuck to the original call, flag or no flag, and didn't change it. Plus, I just hate the NFL's overtime rules that... Basically, if you get the ball first and score a touchdown, that's the game. You don't get a chance to respond, and I do not like that at all in the NFL. I also don't like the fact that in the regular season and professional football, you can finish the game with a tie, but you can't even do that in college. That also needs to be changed. That is why I cannot wait to see what the response is to the XFL rules. One of my favorite rules they've implemented is their point after touchdown system they completely got rid of the extra point and this is their reasoning on their website the xfl has created more excitement by replacing a kick with a play from scrimmage to provide even more excitement we have added the opportunity for a three-point play which means that an 18 point deficit is still a two possession game that's awesome i'm not saying the nfl should adapt this but i appreciate what the xfl are trying to do getting rid of something that is pretty boring and also very easy. Even though the NFL changed the distance of an extra point, the average NFL kicker is still going to be able to kick it in his sleep. So it's still a fairly boring part of the game. What the XFL is trying to do is not only create more excitement after a touchdown, but also completely changing the competitive landscape of a game. You can score a touchdown Get a three-point play and you're up by nine. That's awesome. I love that they are trying to do this. Again, I'm not saying the NFL should do this, but I like their effort and I like their enthusiasm in trying something so, so different to show that it is possible and that it can be exciting. It will definitely change comebacks. I mean, if you're down by nine, you can get a touchdown and a three-point play and you're tied. You don't have to get a touchdown and then get the ball back and a field goal. It provides more scoring, it provides more excitement, and I think it'll definitely change the way games turn out, and I love that. The XFL has also changed the play clock system. It's going to be a max 25 second play clock because they say it takes on average 7 seconds to spot the ball, so add that to 25, you got a 32 second play clock. The current NFL rule is a 40 second play clock that starts when the previous play ends. Their reasoning behind keeping it capped at 25 seconds is to speed up the game, obviously. They want to minimize the downtime between plays. Our coaching staffs and teams are going to provide the fans what they want, more football. And I like that. The NFL, especially once they changed where the umpire is on the field, has slowed down even no-huddle offenses. It takes the time to run a no-huddle play, which the whole point of that is to be quick, Well, they've pretty much eliminated that, not completely I guess, but it has really slowed the game down. I understand you want to take care of the umpire, totally okay with that. But you do need to keep this game going, because more and more this game is getting slower and slower because of replays, because of timeouts, because of commercials. And everybody, I would say, wants more football and less downtime. So I really like that implementation, I think it's a good idea. The XFL is also trying to make the last two minutes of each half more exciting. In college, you do not have a two-minute warning, but if you get a first down, the play clock will stop until the referee spots the ball. Whereas in the NFL, the only way you're stopping the clock is if you get out of bounds, it's an incomplete pass or a spike, or you take a timeout. The XFL is trying to bridge these two systems to make the last two minutes real two minutes of play. In the NFL, those two minutes, maybe half of that is actual playtime. The XFL is trying to limit that by doing this. Obviously, they're keeping the timeouts, the out-of-bounds, the incompletions, but they're taking the college football rule of first downs to the next level, really. You don't have to get a first down. Heck, you can lose yardage. But once that play is over, the clock is stopped. The play clock will run off for five seconds, and then the play will go after the ball has been spotted. That I like, honestly, because it makes that two minutes... More of an actual two minutes for that team to make a comeback. And who doesn't like a good comeback? Now, it'll be interesting to see how this plays out. I don't know if this will be a little too much for teams to come back with. But for all we know, it's going to work perfectly. I really like their effort, again, showing that you can change the game very drastically and get good results. Again, time will tell whether the results are actually good, but I like their effort And I like that they're giving teams more time to actually play the game instead of two minutes turning into 45-60 seconds max. The XFL is also choosing to change their timeout rules as well. They're only going to have two one-minute timeouts per half compared to college and NFL's three. Their reasoning is, with our rule changes in the last two minutes, coaches should not need as many timeouts to help create a comeback. By eliminating one timeout per half, we limit the number of stoppages during the most exciting part of the game. If a play is reviewed and overturned by replay during a timeout, the team that took that timeout will not be charged. I like this rule. Again, like they said, obviously, the reasoning behind this is to speed up the game. And I'm totally okay with that. The more football I get to watch and the less waiting I have to do in between each play, the better. I'm all for it. Their timeout rule, though... Also takes me into my next topic, they're changing replay quite a bit and I like it. In the XFL, coaches will have no challenges and all plays will be subject to review from the replay official. No challenges whatsoever. And the refs who handle replay are completely separate from the refs on the field and I'm totally okay with that. Reviewable plays are going to be limited to plays involving possession, plays involving touching of either the ball or the ground, plays governed by the goal line, by boundary lines, by the line of scrimmage, by the line to gain, etc, etc. A lot of people might not like the fact that coaches can't challenge plays, but each play will be reviewed the second it is ended. It'll speed up the game. You won't have to rely on a coach having two challenges And maybe he needed three. I'm totally okay with this. It'll speed up the game. And I think it'll also make the whole replay situation more efficient. Because in the NFL, the challenging of plays is absurd. It takes up way too much time. And half the time refs just don't even get it right. Because of inconclusive evidence or whatever they call it. And I really get tired of that because it slows the game down. It really makes a lot of people angry. Because a lot of the times the calls I feel like could easily be made... They say inconclusive evidence, but I'm like, it looks to me that it's pretty clear that his knee is down and the ball was still in his hand, but I could be wrong. So it stays as a fumble, whatever. I don't like that, and it takes them way too long to come to a decision. The guy could have nobody around him. He fumbles the ball, not even close to the ground. Let me look at this for five minutes. It shouldn't take you five minutes to make a call that is very easy to spot with my naked eye. I could be wrong, I'm not in the heat of the moment, but the time that it takes for these rests to make calls is ridiculous. By the XFL doing what they're doing, hopefully it'll speed that up. The refs will review each play that is at least a close call or that has a big, big involvement in the game. If it's a touchdown, obviously, well, the NFL does this too. It'll go straight to replay. If it's a fumble, that play is reviewed right away. If a guy maybe got his foot out of bounds during a run, That will instantly be looked at, and the play could be brought back, heck, maybe before the play's even over. And I like that. I think it'll speed it up, and I think it'll also limit the errors in replay. Why do I think that? I think that because there won't be as much pressure on these refs, because you as the fan will never know if they are reviewing something. If a guy stepped out of bounds before he got down the field to score a touchdown, that play will start to be reviewed instantly or even if he doesn't get a touchdown, that play will be reviewed, and if the ref sees an obvious error, he will call down, and the ref will just make a change to the play just like that. And I like that. I think it'll speed it up, and again, I think it'll take pressure away from refs in the moment, knowing that fans are watching at home and in the stadium making quite a bit of noise. I think it'll limit those errors and that excites me and I think the NFL should take notes because nothing irritates me more in the NFL besides their overtime rules than the replay. It's so slow and I get so sick and tired of it. So I really hope the NFL is watching and I really hope for the sake of this argument that the XFL rule changes are a hit because then the NFL will have even more reason to possibly implement these themselves or something close to it at least. The XFL is also looking to the college game to choose whether or not you need one or two feet down to make a catch. I am totally for this rule. Two feet at times, I know it's the NFL, and you're supposed to be better, so the rules have to be harder, right? No. Two feet, for me, is too hard a lot of the time. A lot of the time, players aren't going to be able to get those two feet down. Now, it is more impressive if you can get both feet down. But it's not always as realistic. I know these guys are the elite of the elite. But in bang-bang plays, sometimes it's impossible to get two feet down. But they still get one. And I think they should keep with the one-foot rule. Because it makes for more catches. And it makes for a lot more exciting catches. Again, I understand that when a guy gets two feet down, it's more impressive than one. But I'm definitely for more catches... Rather than, hey, that one was slightly more impressive because he got both of his feet down. Ultimately, I don't really care. Give me a catch. Give me more excitement. That's what I want when I'm watching any sport. Good for the XFL. Now, I doubt the NFL is going to look at this and go, oh, I guess the XFL is doing it, so I'm going to do it too. No, I, I highly doubt this is ruled that the NFL will change. But maybe if I hope enough, it will be changed because the one foot, I think, is a lot more practical and provides a lot more excitement in the long term. Now let's get to the holy grail of XFL football rules, overtime. The thing that in the NFL needs changing the most, hands down. The XFL's overtime rules will consist of five rounds staged in alternating single play possessions as is customary in NHL shootouts or MLS penalty kicks. A round will consist of one offensive play per team. Each possession starts at the opponent's 5-yard line, and the offensive team has one play to score. The team with more points after 5 rounds is the winner. If a team has been mathematically eliminated before all 5 rounds have been completed, the game ends immediately. If teams are tied after 5 rounds, then it goes into sudden death, and whichever team leads at the end of that subsequent round, they're the victors. For scoring purposes, each successful overtime score is worth two points. The defensive team cannot score, though. If they get a turnover, the play is dead. If the defensive team commits a penalty, the offensive team will be allowed to reattempt from the one-yard line. Any subsequent penalty committed by the defensive team on any subsequent play including in future rounds, will result in a score awarded to the offensive team. Drastic, but I'm okay with it. If the offensive team, on the other hand, commits a pre-snap penalty, the ball will be moved back from the original spot. Regular rules will be applied. If the offensive team commits a post-snap penalty, the play will end and no score will be awarded. There will be a minimum of 20 seconds between each play. TV and replay officials will make sure that it's going on time, blah, blah, blah. All overtimes will have the visiting team on offense first and home team on defense first. Every round we will repeat this format. In overtime, the end zone where the overtime takes place will be determined at the 90-minute meeting mark. Now, a lot of very different rules, and some of them I really, really love. Some of them, eh, I'm fine with them. Some of them are just, I think, a little overboard. But I'm going to get started with the NHL MLS penalty kick kind of way. Now, I'm a big soccer fan. I watch hockey here and there, if you guys aren't familiar with either one of them. Well, the way those two sports are set up, it's a lot easier to do this, you get a try to score once, you get a try to score once format. I don't think for football, I don't think that's set up the best way to do that. It'll be interesting to see how that actually plays out on the field. This is one of those rules where I'm okay with it for now, but if it proves to be a little ridiculous, then I would like them to change it to more what college does, where it's an actual short drive rather than just here's one play good luck i'm okay with it again but i think this one is a little harder to pull off in football than other sports but time will tell i like that it's an equal amount of points two points instead of going with their touchdown and how many ever points one two or three after the touchdown that would get a little too hard to mess with so i like that it's capped at two points the penalty rules I think are okay for the most part, but I also would like to see those changed. Now, penalties, obviously you shouldn't commit them, especially in a game-deciding situation. But I think penalizing that team for a complete score is, is a little much. Like on offense, if you commit a penalty after the snap, that's over. There goes your chance of scoring. You don't even get a retry with losing yards. A little, A little too much for me, but, you know, whatever. But overall, I like this. This is what the NFL should do. They should give each team a chance to try and score. Now, the XFL, obviously, if you've played three rounds and Team A has scored on all three and Team B hasn't scored on any of them, of course you're going to end it because they don't have a chance to come back. Similar to college. You get a chance first, you score, and the opposing team scores a touchdown, you go into the next round. And I like that. I like that format. And I think the NFL should definitely have a rebuttal phase. If a team A scores a touchdown, that shouldn't be the end of the game. Especially in the playoffs, that team should have a chance to at least try to get into the end zone. If they don't, that's on them. They had their chance and they squandered it. But I don't like the fact that they don't get one at all. You're rewarding the team, whoever gets lucky and gets the ball first, as long as they score a touchdown. A lot of people would argue hey, well, the defense didn't do a good enough job of stopping them. It's 2020, and the rules and the way the game is played, you're probably not going to just be able to dominate in one possession defensively. Take the Super Bowl, for example. The 49ers were the better team for the majority of the game, but because their offense couldn't help out the San Francisco defense and not really put up any points at all in the second half, kind of hard to win regardless of how well your defense is playing. Because again, the good quarterback on the other team is probably going to do something crazy that is enough to put them past the other team. And that happened exactly in the Super Bowl. The 49ers played great, their offense had a completely shocking second half, and well Patrick Mahomes did his thing, and the San Francisco 49er defense could only do so much when they were out there on the field for the majority of the second half, thanks to their lackluster offense. And it happens all too much. In the playoff football I also like that they take away ties from the regular season going back to soccer there are ties in soccer and a lot of you would argue you're okay with ties in soccer correct because the way the point system in soccer is set up a draw is actually worth it you get a win you get three points a tie is one point a loss is obviously zero points and since there aren't any playoffs At least in European soccer, I don't watch the MLS. And I know that there are playoffs in the MLS, but again, it's just the quality is not very good. In European soccer, there are no playoffs. The team with the most points at the end of the season win. So each game is just as important as the other. There's no tanking in European soccer because if you're the three worst teams, you get demoted to the next league. So it's like if the New England Patriots were the worst team, okay, let's say the Cleveland Browns, because, I mean, they have been recently for the past years, except the Bengals took that honor this year, they would get demoted to, let's say, the XFL being the second league, and the winner of the XFL would get kicked up into the NFL, and they'd compete there. That's how it works in European soccer. So each point is worth it, and the ties work. And the NFL, there's no reason to have a tie. Okay, maybe if you have the same record or at least the same amount of wins as your division rival, well, you have one less loss because you tied. Okay, fair enough. I guess it helped there. But that team should either have a win or a loss more than their division rival. I don't like the fact you can tie in the regular season, and I don't like the fact that in the NFL, you score a touchdown first, the game's completely over. Each team should have an equal opportunity to get down the field, or in the XFL's case, get five yards, and put points on the board. I hope the NFL is once again watching and taking notes, especially if this rule takes off, because, well, it needs changing in the NFL. I'm tired of watching a team score within the first five minutes of overtime, and, well, that's the game. It's ridiculous. It needs to change, and I'm also tired of seeing teams with a tie at the end of the season. It's ridiculous. It has no place in football, and I really like what the XFL is doing, again, I don't know if this penalty shootout essentially works in football style sport, it works in the NHL, it works in soccer, they're set up like that, football a bit different, so again, I don't know if this exact system will work, but what I'm more looking at is do fans get behind this, do they really fall in love with this, if they do, I think it'll really put pressure on the NFL to make a change so that they make their fans more happy. I don't think the XFL can compete with the NFL in terms of viewers, obviously money, but if they do gain some popularity, especially among hardcore football fans who find themselves watching the NFL as well, I think, again, it will put more pressure on the NFL to relook at their rules and maybe make some changes where they're needed to make the product that they are putting out for us as the consumers a better one that is way more enjoyable. Now, let's move on to tech giant Samsung, who held their annual Samsung event this past Tuesday, February 11th, where they unveiled four phones. Three were a part of their routine S series lineup and a new foldable phone that's considered their budget foldable. I'll talk about that first. I'm not a big fan of foldable phones. I don't think they're very practical, at least right now. The technology is there, but I just don't think we can utilize it well enough for it to be something that. Is really worth the price point that they charge especially for something like the Galaxy Fold. The horizontal fold is just awkward when you fold it out it's just way too big and I don't see the use of that being a phone because at the end of the day it's not a phone it's a tablet that you can put in your pocket. I don't want that. I think the Z Flip with a vertical fold is much more practical for this period of time right now one day I think the fold will be very popular but I like the Z flip better it's still not my kind of thing though it's way overpriced well I know they have to charge that for the technology purely for folding screen but I'm just not a big fan of it right now it's still not useful to me I think you can get much more with other phones for less price because at the end of the day that $1,500 price point Is pretty much for the folding screen, not the camera, not the specs, even though the specs do look nice. Ultimately, that premium is for the folding screen. On the other hand, though, the S series lineup looks absolutely phenomenal. The S20 and the S20 Plus have very, very good specs across the board. They have new updated 12 megapixel sensors from Sony. It's the first time that Samsung has changed these. since the S6 if I'm correct which is really great because I think that they're really trying to compete with Google and Apple for the phone camera of the year award and it's going to take a lot to dethrone the two heavyweights Apple and Google. I also think Samsung has a much better offer in terms of actual phone than Google does. Google might have a great camera but at the end of the day Their hardware is sometimes lackluster not to say that google doesn't make good phones but they're not as good as something like samsung or apple i really like that the new samsung's will also have expandable memory again the new camera sensors i think samsung will really put a lot of effort into to try and make sure that this phone can take exceptional photos i just hope that the software they put in their cameras is enough to actually compete with the computational photography that google does and what iPhone did. Especially since Samsung is much better video recording capabilities than Google because as good as photos they take, Google just cannot nail video at all. I'm also liking the specs for the RAM. They have well, twelve might be a little bit much, but hey I'm not gonna complain. That's plenty. I still have a phone right now that has four, so that's pretty annoying and to deal with. So I look forward to upgrading this summer. I also like the fact that they're having massive batteries in these new phones, which hopefully will provide great battery life. Part of the reason, though, I think that they're putting, well, know that they're putting these big batteries is because they're finally putting in an 120Hz refresh rate screen. Can't wait to get a hold of that thing and see how fast and smooth it is. The only drawback, that, though, from using the 120Hz is you will only be able to use 1080p instead of the full 4K screen. But... If you're okay with 1080p, and you really want that buttery smooth 120Hz, then that's definitely the way to go, and I cannot wait to get my hands on that, because the S20 is probably going to be my next phone. But the biggest talking point, and I think it stole the show from the Z Flip, which I ultimately think Samsung wants to sell that phone more than the S20 Ultra, maybe, I don't know. But the S20 Ultra absolutely stole the show, and I think Samsung, with all of these new phones, is making it quite the bar to beat in 2020 for the phone manufacturers. The S20 Ultra, though, is going to be absolutely insane. The 108 megapixel camera, 100 times optical zoom, well, 10 times optical zoom, and then 100 times digital zoom. That's insane. Probably unnecessary, but hey, why not? You can do whatever you would do with 100 times zoom. I don't know what that would be, but... Hey, go for it. It's also going to have a 5,000 milliamp hour battery. When you look at that, you go, dang, that's a big battery. But when you look at the specs, you go, oh, wow, that actually might fit really well because it's going to need a lot of power. Also going to come with a base of 12 gigabytes of RAM, up to 16 gigabytes of RAM, which I think is extremely overkill. But hey, why not? Let's put that in there. It's going to make for a very fast and snappy phone. It's also going to get the 120 hertz, the full 4K display display. If you choose to just cap it at 60 Hertz refresh rate the main talking point though is that 108 megapixel camera obviously it's gonna take really crisp clear photos the only question and reservations I have about that sensor is we've established that 108 megapixels makes it really hard to take photos with even minimal lighting let alone trying to use night sight Or whatever you want to call it at night time. Because an 108 megapixel sensor needs quite a bit of light to be able to take a photo. So I don't know how Samsung's going to combat that. If they're going to use tons of software. If they're just going to straight up say use the flash. Hope for the best. It'll be interesting because again I don't know how they're going to get enough light in there. To take really nice photos and make use of that 108 megapixel sensor. When it's heck even barely. Dark outside. That'll be interesting to see, but I'm excited for all these phones. I'm excited for YouTubers to get a hold of them and do more in depth reviews, especially looking at these cameras and comparing them to the Pixel 4 and the iPhone 11s. It'll be interesting to see how it stands up. I'm more looking forward to seeing what the S20 and S20 Plus do because that's probably what I'm going to be getting. And I assume that the 108 megapixel sensor on the S20 Ultra will obviously be quite amazing. Now moving on to the video game world, Call of Duty Modern Warfare dropped season 2 of their Battle Pass and oh boy is it awesome. I'm not one to typically spend money on a Battle Pass, but for the first time I actually did it mainly because the fact that they brought back Ghost as an Operator, I love that they did that. So I forked out the 20 bucks and said eh, what the heck, I'll I'll spend the money for it and see what it does. I'm really excited also for the fact that they brought two new weapons once again. They brought the Growl, which is essentially just a SIG style assault rifle. I'm more excited for the UMP, which so far has been meh. It's alright. It's not the UMP that I thought it was going to be, but maybe over time I will come to love it and hopefully be able to dominate with it. They also brought back fan favorite map, Rust. I'm really glad that they did that. I think in this game, Modern Warfare specifically, the way it plays makes Rust a little cancerous and odd to play on, but once you get used to it, it becomes very enjoyable. Here and there you'll get absolutely stomped, but that's okay, it's Call of Duty, it's gonna happen at some point. They also brought a new map, Atlas Superstore, which I've not yet played on surprisingly, I don't know how, but once I do I can't wait to see how it plays. I've heard a lot of good things about it and I look forward to it. They also brought 3v3 snipers only on gunfight which has been fun, it's a little difficult and sometimes really ridiculous but I've enjoyed it so far. They also added a perk for all pistols akimbo. I have not yet unlocked it because well I haven't taken the time to use a pistol to get it but it looks fun and I have been killed by it a couple of times and it seems at least at close range. It's very deadly so I look forward to actually putting time into some pistols tonight and making sure that I can get that unlocked and go around and just piss people off using it because ultimately that's what happens when you get killed by akimbos. I'll never forget Modern Warfare 3. The feeling of getting killed by an FMG 9 akimbo was the most infuriating thing because you couldn't really do anything against it. Oh gosh, I missed that game by the way. In other news, there is a classified game mode on the main menu of Modern Warfare. It has not yet been confirmed as to what it is, hence it being classified. A lot of speculation, though, has it believed to be Battle Royale for Modern Warfare. It looks very likely that that's what this is going to be. Still, Call of Duty has not released much information as to what it is, but again, very strong belief that it's going to be their Battle Royale. I am not the biggest battle royale player because mostly I haven't found one that I really really enjoy but this might be it and if they do bring it it'll be interesting to see what they do with the TD time to kill because it's really short and for a battle royale you definitely do not want a short time to kill it'll be interesting to see how they handle that overall I think this battle pass has been great I look forward to unlocking all the content never bought a battle pass so hey I guess I get to try and unlock everything and be all sweaty but I'm glad that they did it, it's a really great battle pass, and I've really been enjoying this Call of Duty, for me, I've enjoyed it the most since probably Black Ops 2, which is saying a lot, because I really enjoyed Black Ops 2, they did a great job on this, and the battle passes they keep rolling out have been fantastic so far, so I can't wait to keep gaming, and I'm definitely going to be doing that here within a couple minutes, so hope you guys enjoyed the episode, you guys have a great rest of your week, enjoy the weekend, happy Valentine's Day, peace out guys.